Hello and welcome to the podcast for Real Life Heroines with Susanna Liller. Join us bi-weekly as alongside of you, we work toward answering the call, knowing that stepping into our destiny always involves going into the unknown and exploring new landscapes. This show talks about those new landscapes, what it took to get there, and the real challenges that take place for most of us along the journey. Heroines don't stay in their comfort zone. They follow their inner guidance to grow and evolve. From the School for Real Life Heroines, your host, Susanna Liller. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast for Real Life Heroines, where I get to interview real life heroines like Blanca Vergara, who is going to speak with me today, and talk to them about how they chose to answer their call, their calling to live a life greater, bigger, more meaningful than previously and of course we answer calls many times in our lives and you will see Blanca has done that for sure we've known each other for 15 years Blanca welcome thank you so much I'm so delighted to be here very happy to see you my heroine and everybody listening yes well we're very happy to have you here and let me just say that you are in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, and you were telling me it's hot. Yeah. 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 And I know the whole world has been going through different stages of, as we know, temperature ups and downs. So, yes. So, you know, one thing I never asked you when we together went to Hudson, the coaching school that we went to in Santa Barbara, California, how did you get to Amsterdam? <laughs> well, um, there are two stories. The official story is that I was a very good student uh, uh, in academia and in corporate. I was the smartest girl. And they gave me, uh, 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 oh my God, now I think in Dutch. They gave me a uh, scholarship, scholarship to go on and study my MBA wherever I wanted. So I came to uh, Rotterdam. But the real story, yes, real story, the other one, the one that the heroines went to hear, yes. is that secretly I was escaping my mother. Yes, yes. Well, we and do we want to hear that story. So let me just back that up with a little bit about you. And we know that you have two MBAs. You were very much a high-tech executive, you got that MBA in, and then you got one in science, um, a master's in science in IT, and you were an IT executive, and so big-time corporate person, which I think is who you were transitioning out of when I first met you 15 years ago, and then you started a coaching company for executives and leaders called the looking glass and you then help them and 
you were helping mm -hmm. them do what you were in the process of doing, or you had just done detaching from their executive persona and being who they really are, their authentic selves. So lots of speaking, major companies helping them and still do this, but you have what I've recognized in particular talking with you, Blanca, is you've integrated a lot of spirituality, particularly Toltec spirituality into what you're doing. And it's so interesting, as I said before we got on the call, your website right now, which is BlancaVergara.com, and we'll have all that information in the show notes, but it says, stop being two selves, integrate your spiritual self and your what your professional self is that what it says yeah yeah absolutely i think uh now more than ever we are realizing all humans that we are kind of um several selves even more than more than two we are the one who wants to be peter pan and forever young the one who wants to be the executive and have the big job and the expensive car, the one that the women women to the top, uh, the one who can, wants to be a seductress, and we divide all different parts of ourselves, and they, these parts of ourselves end up in in a war, and they just pull us to all different directions. Um, before we were talking, we I was saying how much I am angry about how female empowerment is happening these days that is asking us to become something that we are not, to become really masculine. And we, of course, we have masculine energy, but we are forgetting the, how good to be is to be a woman. Yeah. So this uh, this this has been playing for me all these years. Uh, this this uh, this wanting to be what the world wanted me to be, mm. uh, assuming that I understood what they wanted me to be, uh, never listening to what my soul was asking. <laughs> Which is the heroine's journey over and over again, because the heroine's journey, if you answer your inner calls moves you closer and closer to your own authenticity. So let me ask you, and, and you know, you have talked to me about when we talked about your major leaps and you talked about a childhood, which was very dysfunctional and then proving yourself in your young adulthood and then healing from that. And now you're really yourself working to live consciously, but also help others do the same thing. Talk, talk to us about your first major calling where you really felt you were leaping off a cliff and leaving your comfort zone. What was that for you? Uh, I think indeed uh, the one that you already mentioned was the, uh, um, you know, my mother was very controlling. Uh, now I know that my mother had schizophrenia so mm -hmm. it was a very specific case. Not all the mothers are schizophrenic, but my mother was really worried that the control and uh, 
and I was a parentified child. I was taking care of her a lot. So in her world, it was very dangerous that I would leave. Mm. So life really called me to leave. Mm. So first I left to the university, to the corporate world. And the ultimate leaving was to leave to Europe. And that was a huge decision. That was a huge decision because indeed it was to say goodbye to Mexico. It was to say goodbye to the boyfriend that I had at that moment, to the language, to the culture, to I wanted to, to stay away from her. But everything else that I loved, I also had to say goodbye to. Mm. And, and, and this is tremendous because this is something that we all go through yeah. uh, when we're answering the call at some point in our life. Right. Every time that we make a choice, we have to let go of the old self. We have to purposely burn your old self. Mm. And it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's painful. When I came here to the Netherlands, the first week was horrible because I couldn't hug anybody. I didn't know anybody. And Mexico is very huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't tell jokes. People wouldn't understand my English. Of course, Dutch. I couldn't speak Dutch at the time. Yeah. And I came in summer. So the winter, the first winter in the Netherlands, that was serious, minus 10 degrees. That was a shock for the system. I was so ill. And at the same time, I was uh, in business school full time, uh, studying in English, writing papers. And uh, it, it was really like, uh, uh, I want to go home. Hard. It was hard. Very hard. I went to what, what did I do with my life? What am I doing here? Right. And it was this, okay, what do you want? What, you, what is what you are made of? And uh, uh, keep going. You're not going to just stop right now. Uh, that was a big, 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 big leap. One of the biggest leaps of my life. Definitely. So what sustained you then? I And through all of that, through it being very difficult, because there are people listening now that are contemplating some big leap. And we know how much fear comes to the fore when you're at that threshold. So you kept going, did very well, we know. What, what helped? What really helped you? Absolutely. Well, you know what you're doing, what I'm doing, is what helps women, yeah. women. <laughs> and that's, uh, at the time, was two German ladies, the classmates, who really uh, helped me, mm. who accompanied me, became my friends, uh, invited me for Christmas. And, uh, you know, I started to, to find my way. And when spring came, and spring came also in my soul, okay, I can do this, and uh, I can continue here, and... Uh, but uh, really, I could say that this is consistent. Every single time that I have crossed, crossed the threshold, being with women is the best thing that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Of course, you know, I feel the same way. And the two of us in our work surround ourselves with women. Can you, maybe this is a good time for you to talk about the special seminar and program you put on last year, which I was very honored to be a part of. And it was based on the sacred feminine. And what 
what caused you, what, what was the call to say more and invite people to talk about the sacred feminine and, and maybe say what that is to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that job to go to, uh, the, to come to the Netherlands, that was, you know, to stay in the system. And little by little, the system really spit me off. <laughs> and I really wanted to be a mother, but I was 39. And guess what happened to me? Uh, I lost the baby. Oh, right. And I was feeling guilty and, uh, and it was my fault. And that's the reason why I brought her here. She is the Quatliqua. Uh, she is the personification, the representation of the divine feminine. And uh, this is a copy, of course. But uh, in my in my shame, in my guilt, I had the blessing of going to Mexico at that time, and I went to see the real one. That is about two meters tall and really like tons. And I just cried in front of her. And she healed me, you know, it was, uh, when I tell you, I still feel the emotion. I feel more the emotion about the healing than of the miscarriage itself. And it was how I met her, this, this healing, this, this taking away all my shame of my guilt or my pain or my loss. And it's what I got pregnant like that. <laughs> and now the the baby is a 12 years old boy who you know runs around and that was you know that was 12 years ago and and that started the journey of understanding how the divine feminine lives in me and what that is because it's not just to have long hair or not it's not just to have your period or not to to have a womb or or, or be a mother but it's something more profound. It's something that is about cooperation, something else about community, is something about listening, something about being magnetic, not passive, you know, because passive sounds like uh, you do nothing. But you know, uh, you know, the the two big elements of the the feminine are earth and water. And what happens with earth and water? Do you have fertility you have plants what is passive about that mm -hmm. it's just that we don't notice you don't we don't pay attention that plants move and that plants change and plants are talking to you uh, and that's just uh, that's just a representation of the divine feminine and this i have been introducing to my life and it got really exaggerated when i had a daughter so I got even more passionate about the divine feminine with, when I became a, a mother of a daughter, a mother of a woman, a mother of a potential mother. Um, so uh, I said to myself, uh, now, uh, sorry, the, really the catapult was uh, that my mother passed. Right. My mother passed and I went to clean her house as you do when your parents passed. And I found poetry. Mm -hmm. I found songs, all these things that she never published. I found her dresses and her jewelry and her, you know, and it was very painful, as you may imagine, that uh, uh, I ran away from her. I hated her. And at the same time, I loved her and I miss her and I consider all her pain. And so this, this contradiction with the fact that she died 
the guilt, the shame, the, uh, it brought me even closer because what the divine feminine does for you, for me, for all women, is to hold us in the moment when we are the most disgusting to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I was disgusted with myself because my mother died and I did not save her or I did not love her as you are supposed to do. And that, that accelerated my quest to, to learn more about the Divine Feminine. And I started to read more books and uh, here in the Netherlands, and uh, we put the link of them, there is an institution called the uh, Embassy of the Free Mind. And in the Embassy of the Free Mind, uh, there was a conference about the Divine Feminine. So I went to uh, follow this conference and it was everything about a book that a lady wrote 20 years, took 20 years to talk about that. And uh, I went to this conference and we went deeper into the Divine Feminine. And I remember everything that I learned as a Toltec in my house. I was raised as a Toltec. So, so as you do, I decided to create a conference and I called this lady and I said, can I interview you pretty please? You are my heroine. <laughs> and she said, yes. <laughs> she said, yes. Uh, this woman is called Anne Burring and her book, I have it here, is called The Dream of the Cosmos, A Quest for the Soul. And she talks about how these feminine qualities, because it's not women, but it's the feminine qualities that we have as humanity, right. are awakening in all of us and are to change the future of humanity. Yeah. And, and it was so exciting because suddenly, when she said yes, I look around and I said, who of my friends are working on this? And I'm like, obviously, Susanna. You had already published your book of uh, the heroine's journey, and that uh, you also said yes to me. <laughs> yeah. No question, of course, I said yes. Right. So it turned out to be this amazing conference that I feel so humble. I did nothing. I held the space for you, ladies. It was so powerful. We talk about Demeter, we talk about the heroine's journey, we talk about Lilith, we talk about different cultures and different perspectives of the feminine. Mm -hmm. And I'm all, all for doing it again next year. Mm -hmm. uh, we leave uh, the, the URL uh, as well is uh, the Wounds to Wing Summit. It's mm -hmm. absolutely available for free for everybody. Uh, uh, because it's important. Uh, I perceive that we are getting so many confusing messages right now because we have lost the connection with the real sacred. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, however, the real sacred is everywhere. The real sacred is in the plants. It is in the clouds. It's in the river. We can reconnect with that just by even breathing. Right. So, you yeah. know... There was a time thousands and thousands of years ago that women, the feminine was so revered, particularly women, because they could give birth and they fled and they didn't die. And it was such a, a different way of considering um, femininity. And at, at the point you make is so good that all of us 
have the feminine and the masculine within us, but we have certainly been much more, you know, the masculine is about more driving and achieving and competitive and winning and this um, lighter, gentler, but still very strong um, piece of us, we need to bring it out. And I think the more we talk to each other about it, the more it does come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This, uh, this summer I went to uh, Spain and it was really amazing. I was very close to the caves of Altamira. Altamira is one of the caves where they discover ancient paintings. Mm. And there in the museum, I found this book. I'm, I'm going to recommend it to you guys. And uh, I'll invite this speaker. Uh, it's an Austrian lady. It's, it's called the, uh, the Chalice and the Sword. I think in English they say another word for sword, but the dagger. Chalice, is it the chalice and the blade? The chalice and the blade. Yes, yes. And she answered to me a question that I had for a long time. So we have the uh, we have the power of the men. Mm. So what is the alternative? And this is what we say in the street that is the power of the woman woman. No, that's wrong. That's just the same thing. It's domination of right. somebody about somebody else. Yeah. And she puts it really very clearly in the book. The opposite of domination is cooperation. Mm -hmm. And she goes into detail how the anthropologist Maria Gambitas in, uh, found the, the, the communities, the cities, that really in 3D express the feminine. The masculine is expressing fortress and castles and defense. The feminine is expressing villages in valleys close to the water with paintings, with music, with plants, with flowers. That is cooperation, yeah. creativity, right. health. Definitely, definitely creativity. Um, you know, it's interesting. I remember I was part of the generation of women that went into the workforce and wanted to achieve and get to the top. And, you know, you talked about you had the same phase in your life. And um, it's so true what you were saying. So that the things that I wore as I went to my corporate job was the suit and, the, you know, I wanted and it was all the same masculine kind of this is how you succeed and the masculine success ladder is not the feminine or are necessarily what we would want as the success ladder and that's a different vision of it and so many women I think think they're not successful or they're not empowered because they're not doing what the men are doing but we're not supposed to be <laughs> necessarily do it I mean and some do and it's great and we need those women doing what they're doing too i mean none of this is meant to be judgmental it's just there's many ways to bring about who we are and how we are successful and yeah the, the metaphor that i'm using lately is to curate your life 
curate your life. You see, the painting I have behind is something I painted myself. It's oh. not completely white. It's not completely gold. It's not completely anything. It's a combination of things. And the same is with our lives. Sometimes we need to be authoritative. Sometimes we need to say no. Sometimes we need to fight and we need to be the lioness to defend whatever it is, the, our contract or our child. And that is reasonable and a good idea. Sometimes we need to negotiate for money. That, that's really fine. But you know, sometimes we need to give a hug. Sometimes we need to allow ourselves to have an orgasm. Sometimes we need to cook. Let us rediscover that part that we just have thrown away. Oh, the woman of the 50s and her cake. Oh my gosh. Hell, yeah. How expensive it is to pay cancer of dementia that is totally correlated with bad diet. Yes. Yep. I agree. I agree. And this reminds me of what you said to me, you know, this conscious living when we talked and you talked about your mother dying and you said, you know, your mother doesn't have to die in order for you to start living. In other words, your mother dying was a big wake up call for you. And the wake up calls are what get us out of the comfort zone and onto our, our heroine's journey. Um, yeah, so say more about that. You don't have to, your mother has to, doesn't have to die, or you don't have to have some big thing happen to you for you to live a conscious life. Absolutely. You know, one of the uh, answers to my calling, nothing happened. <laughs> that was when I left the corporate world. It, it was not that uh, I had an argument or I got cancer or I had a car, uh, a car crash. No, it was a Sunday when I woke up and I look at myself in the mirror and I said, how can I explain this to myself? Can I continue living this way for the rest of my life? You know, at that time I was getting drunk every weekend. I had one night stands. I didn't have friends. I had people who went with me because I was the boss. You know, I, I couldn't buy myself another more expensive suit or another uh, bottle of champagne. What was the meaning of that? Yeah. And I didn't have, um, nobody died. There was no illness. There was a moment of asking the question, how long can I uh, live not having meaning in my life? Mm. And, and that was it, you know? It was a Sunday by myself thinking that, and seriously, the way it happened was I prayed to God I have no idea how to solve this, God. Please help me. Yeah. You... And it was, you know, it was miraculous. Mm. Um, maybe I, I tell you a, a story that uh, I, I went to a, a retreat, a Catholic retreat, you know. I have been in so many religious, uh, in many uh, kinds of retreats. And I wanted a, a boyfriend. So I was dieting and I was buying myself beautiful dresses and I was going to the right parties. And I was telling that to the priest and the priest tells me, so do you believe in God or you don't? <laughs> what are you talking about? And that I will never forget because when you believe really in the, the force of the universe or the divine feminine or Jesus Christ or however you call God, 
your life is transformed really easily in an effortless way. And for me, it's also that's the divine feminine. We fight, fight the material, the material, the material. We need to reincorporate the spiritual. We need to reincorporate the definition of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that, I called my son, the 12 years old. I was trying to explain to him what divine was, and I was using complicated words. And he said very intelligently, I got it, divine. That's me. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's funny, you know, you would say that for you, it didn't happen as a big thing or anything. You just looked in the mirror and you made. To me, it's you you made the space for God to come in. And again, however anybody talks about God, the universe, your higher self, whatever, for me, it was a similar kind of thing. I was in my kitchen and I had been reading and doing retreats too, and it was a while ago. And it just, I got the understanding that God is in here, just like your son, in me it's me. And, you know, everything since has just verified that more and more for me. So, so when we connect, we're connecting the God in me to the God in you and to those women that we work with and men, and it just enhances it greatly yeah. for the world. The world will feel that and it will help to heal the world, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it, I mean, just just imagine the divine feminine is fertility. Fertility. What is fertility? Is is food. Mm. It is. Uh, we. If there was not a divine feminine, if there was no mother, there was not you. There was not me. It is life. Yeah. Right. It is life. And if we see it that way, what is there more sacred than that? Yeah. Uh, and, and for a while, I have been fascinated on the subject of trauma. Mm -hmm. And I got myself really into that because I discovered my own childhood trauma. And the more I researched, the more I studied, the more I studied, the more I read, I I felt it, I. I concluded that is the human condition and mm -hmm. the only way of healing is to practice uh, devotion to what is devotion to acceptance to love to to compassion to gratitude and it's really like a practice like breathing in and breathing out like drinking water you know drinking more water than wine or than coffee eating more a carrot than a, I don't know, a hamburger. <laughs> uh, that you sometimes can have a candy in, you know, in your thoughts, but you go back to your practice. You go back to, to gratitude. You go back to patience. You go back to, uh, oh. you, it has to be a, a persistence. A, a Consistency. Yeah, patient practice, patient practice, and uh, 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 and a sense of stubbornness. <laughs> no matter how heavy the traffic jam is, or the teenager said no, or you, your husband left the socks in the wrong place. 
<laughs> right. That happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think too, I would say noticing. Um, and I think the more you work on bringing out the, the sacred feminine in yourself, that creativity, that fertility, you so then it makes you realize you're we're all connected and we're connected with the planet and so then you're noticing more the hummingbird and the flower and um yeah that that there's a woman who came to my heroines gathering last wednesday and she wrote afterward she said i and it was women sharing their stories just like you and i'd have graciously agreed to do this with me today and so it's so inspiring just to hear everybody talk what they're doing and leaping and you know and she said I went outside and I just really looked at this tree right outside the door of the place where we had been meeting and it just it was like I was looking at it for the first time I think everything I don't know gets brighter or we just notice better <laughs> if we practice yeah bringing this absolutely yeah. and uh, the more you practice the more it becomes um during the the lockdowns uh, my husband did the homeschooling mm -hmm. and my son grew really attached to him mm. And uh, and you have you have heard about the love languages? Yes, yes. Though I haven't gotten the book, I've ordered the book. It hasn't arrived yet. Yes, their love language of my husband and my son is joking, kidding, tickling. The love language of my daughter and me is hugging. Mm. So my daughter and I no problem, but he wanted to tickle me, and I just didn't want. I wanted to hug and. Uh, and he was really close to his dad and he was learning to joke more and the, the distance started growing and growing and growing. Oh. And what I did this summer is like, a, well, first I noticed. But second, I really started talking to him in his love language. I just started joking and kidding and tickling. And uh, one morning, somebody jumps on my bed and hugs me and I think oh it's my daughter so I turn and it was him yeah. hmm. and for me this is a miracle because you cannot make the horses drink yeah <laughs> but at least you can drink right and as we cannot change the entire world and uh, make corporations and governments uh, do what we think should be done we can control what we can control. Right. And kindness, persistence, listening, whatever you are. Oh, I, I have a, a, a in my in my uh, uh, coaching uh, group, I have a woman who works in uh, in the military, in the military. And she was thinking, my God, we talk about all these spiritual things with you, Blanca, and I'm working in the military. How am I going to do that there? And my God, her team, the women, they come to her office to cry their sufferings. Yeah. And that's what she does. Right. right. Help them, hold the space for them. Mm -hmm. So really, I put this extreme example so that 
everybody who's listening doesn't feel alone or excluded. You don't need to be a coach or you don't need to be a therapist. You can be a mom or you can be a director in a company that, I don't know, does all production in a very horrible way. You can still do bring the divine feminine in your context. Right, right. And going back to you and your son and what you were saying, I think too that we tend to as humans there's this whole judgment thing and you know we think oh they're not acting the way I want them to be acting and you know getting all involved in that way and your emotions and and really it's what you did you just work on yourself you okay I'm going to do more like the way my son wants it and it's not about changing him as you said you can't bring a horse to water if he doesn't want to drink or however that goes so yeah it's it's work doing the work ourselves yeah yeah but it works all the time yeah it works all the time I see it all the time uh with my daughter it's just so clear mm. she starts misbehaving mm -hmm. uh my first reaction is like, uh and then this is a mirror that's about me Oh, absolutely. This is, mirror. this is about me. What am I not seeing? What am I ignoring? Pay attention. What is the subject? Yeah. And usually, I think with daughters, that happens really direct, daughters and mothers, yes. that uh, uh, when we, uh, that's interesting, thinking uh, uh, very uh, uh, Christian, now that's my Christian education, a sin is to not love yourself mm. that is what that scene is I, I really like it is not love the holy spirit not the holy spirit within you not honoring your divinity right agree every time 100 percent. when i do that when i see my daughter misbehaves mm. so now i know that she's my early warning system oh she's misbehaving oh okay okay <laughs> I honor my divinity. That's right. And it's interesting how it's interesting how we can forget to do that so easily. I'm, you know, I'm speaking for myself, but I I there's so many women we echo each other as we forget and then we remember and we go, oh yeah, you're supposed to put the oxygen on yourself first. And 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 when we talked way at the beginning about all the different parts of ourselves, um, you know, loving the little girl that you were, even though you thought you looked funny when you were little and, and loving the girl or the woman that you were with your first husband, speaking about myself, you know, why did I ever end up with somebody like that? But all of those selves, loving them, loving them. Mm -hmm. We yeah. were doing the best we could with what we knew, right? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, that's just so incredible that you mentioned that. Uh, because I think I did not tell you. Uh, uh, I have a gift for, for your audience that is precisely that. Really? I created them. I mean, uh, you, the, I'll tell you the genesis. Uh, I went to uh, a retreat. And I had a vision of all myself. Hmm. And I created a vision of how I integrated them with the divine feminine. 
and how I was able to end my inner war. Hmm. So that was something that was inspired. And I put it in a recording uh, uh, for you. I said, uh, open for uh, uh, online, blancavergara.com for slash meditation. Wonderful. And, and, and the consequence of that is, it sounds so easy and sometimes cheesy inner peace, but it is huge because whenever you have that war of um, you young woman with the first husband, you were so stupid, or you little child, you're crying there, shut up. You never want to listen to the uh, crying child. Then the more we try to quiet those feelings, the louder they come. Yeah. And they sabotage you in the moments when you don't want to, when you have the argument with the husband, when you're having the salary negotiation at work. And it's better to deal with them than uh, uh, to try to attempt to repress them. Right, because she's still there. there. That inner you is still with you. And yeah, I've been doing a lot of work with Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way and you know, getting that, creativity engine going and some way to express that it's very important and so that's very exciting that you have a meditation and we will talk and I will get that information from you and make sure we put it in the notes yeah I'm thinking Blanca sadly that we need to I know we have to start talking about where closing down and saying goodbye, but I want you to please think about the women out there listening and who have been getting so much from this conversation with you and your wisdom. And what do you want to make sure they hear that they don't forget of all of that? What do you want to give them that? that what's the message? Ah. <sighs> Two things come to mind. Uh, maybe it's one. Huh? Uh, I, I really want to impress uh, uh, to them that they are divine. Mm. Yes. You are divine. Right. And we live in a very transactional world in which you go from A to B and A to B presupposes that B is better than A, but is that true? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in, we were born and we're going to die, so what's the sense of it? No, the sense of it is precisely the journey. The sense of it is the adventure. Uh, think like going on holiday. You are home, you go on holiday and you come back home. So why go on holiday in the first place? Imagine you're a soul divine somewhere in the stars. You came to earth for this wonderful experience that's life. Make the most out of it. Take risks that you are scared of taking. Release the old wood, burn the old wood, burn the old self that doesn't help you anymore. Release what is no longer helping you, serving you, honoring your divinity and move move constantly move constantly renew yourself it is very important 
you know, this is a, this goes a little bit in contradiction with the subject that you are enough. Sure, you are enough. Yeah, fundamentally you are a soul, but you are in a journey and you're in a journey of expansion. So expand, get in the best shape that you could ever uh, gotten, write the book, start that business, uh, marry that guy or divorce that guy. <laughs> Go in the journey of expansion of what your soul is asking you to do. Mm. Honor your divinity. This is what I want to tell you. Wow, that's, that's pretty wonderful. And, and right now I know there's someone listening to this saying, no, I, it can't be. Um, but I guess what we're both saying, it's, we both came to it in different ways. I'm thinking, here's Blanca, MBA, sick, previously very successful corporate IT person, scientific leanings, and here she is telling us the divine is in you and honor that divinity. And yeah, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we go with that instead of everything else the world throws at us? So I think it's so great that you came on to speak with me and to to say that out loud and that we're both affirming yeah that's 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 the way to go and we're not talking religion necessarily right that doesn't mean going to church it's if if that universal spirit is within us it's honoring that however Maybe it's by walking in the woods or meditating or drawing a painting, that beautiful painting that's behind you that you did. There's many ways to worship the divine within. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The creation. Yeah. The womb. So I love where this conversation went. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you for knowing me for so long and that we're still connected and on a very similar path. I'm going to tell them about blogavergara.com, your website. There's so much information there. Anything else that you want to be sure? It's you, Of course, you're on social media, so they'll find everything about you when they visit. But uh, it'll a delight to connect with your uh, with your following, with all your heroines. You're doing such great work. I, I love how, you know, I, I, with you, I really feel this sisterhood and this cooperation. And uh, and it, this is just growing. And more, more women are singing the same song. And right. this is what we want. Right. Definitely. Really Definitely. Thank so, you so much. Thank you wow. for having us. Are you kidding? Thank you. It's just wonderful to see you. And I will um, put all this, including your meditation, on in our show notes. And they'll, everyone will get to know you better. And someday you'll come to the United States and we'll do something in person. Okay, Blanca, I hope you get cooler in your weather. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 
You've been listening to the podcast for Real Life Heroines with Susanna Liller. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to connect with Susanna outside of the show, please do. You can email Susanna at SusannaLillard.com and visit the website at SusannaLillard.com. Let's get social. Instagram at Susanna Liller, Facebook, Susanna Liller, author, speaker, and coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for easy access to our next episode. And a like and review would be very helpful. Until next time, remember to follow your inner guidance to grow and evolve.